to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it, like Biggie tried to do, and saying, no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. When we accept the Spirit of God into our lives, and this is going to sound real new age, but y'all know me better than that, right? We welcome his mind-altering DNA into our being. There's nothing wrong with your mind being altered as long as it's altered right. Okay? And DNA, you, 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 your being, who you are is your DNA. So unless God changes that, you don't change. Can I get an amen on that? That's what changes you because that's what makes you you. So I've already told you, the epigenetic scientists looked it up. They've proven that when you accept Christ and you've, you've been made new under a microscope, your DNA is new. Your chemicals are new. He really did make you brand new. Because unless he did that, then your actions would not change. Your chemicals have to change to change your actions because you act off chemicals. Does that make sense? Well, I wish somebody would say amen. Amen. Yeah. They didn't break it down like that to us. The old mothers knew about it, but they didn't know it that way. They just knew the things I used to do. No, it's not I don't do no more. I don't want to do no more. That's, that's key. Things I used to do, I don't want to do no more. Because something changed, right? Some of you used to smoke crack. Anybody used to smoke crack? Look, everybody's ashamed of the crack. Start off... Start off small, you know, stealing. How about stealing? Anybody used to steal? Just try to minimize the sin. We, okay, well, then we're going to start with weed. Uh, anybody used to smoke a little Buddha? Okay. All right. <laughs> now let's work our way up the crack. <laughs> MD 2020. Anybody used to hit the... Yeah, yeah, take it slow. You jumped the crack. Everybody like... <laughs> But your DNA is different. So you don't do it anymore. You don't have to go through a five-step, ten-step program. You know why you don't have to do that? Because your DNA is different. Yeah, your chemicals are different. What used to fire off those chemicals don't fire it off anymore. Because you've been made what? New. How were you before you smoked crack? You didn't want it. You didn't want it till you started smoking it. Well, now you're back to the way you were before you ever wanted it. Because you've been made what? New. But thank God for new DNA, amen? Just new chemicals, just new chemicals. Since our minds function by chemical reactions, then the spiritual must become chemical in order for us to be changed. We talked about that in Pharmacos, Araman 2, 1 Corinthians 2 and 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? This is powerful. But we have what? 
the, that means your mind has been altered. You now have the mind of Christ. I have a problem with people that got the, can't help it. If you got the can't help it and can't stop, you don't have the mind of Christ. Not saying you do everything right, but I mean, if you got can't help it, where you just boots and an overcoat every other Sunday in the alley, you, it's something, you don't have the mind of Christ. Amen? Just keep relapsing. Your chemicals haven't been changed. Oh, I can't get amens in here. These chemical responses go against the sin nature or natural thought processes that we are used to. Psalms 51 and 5. Behold, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, I want you to look at this passage a little different. Because in sin did my mother conceive me and shapen. The key word is shapen. Look at somebody say shapen. So shaping in, iniqui- in, in iniquity means I grew up with issues. I was shaped in some, some sin around me, shaped me. So he's saying drama and trauma that has occurred in our lives has shaped us in sin. But the acceptance of God's spirit reshapes us and what? Renews us. So there was issues in my home. I don't know what happened to you. You might have been molested, raped. You might have been abandoned, neglected, whatever. Might have gone through a divorce. Might have gone through some kind of trauma or whatever. Well, that shaped you in iniquity. It shaped you in sin. Sin around you caused dysfunction in you. You understand what I'm saying? But the power of God can reshape us and what? Renew us. That's the beauty of it. Being saved is not just speaking a formula. But it is actually allowing God's spirit to do what? Remake us so we no longer think or act on, on our sin nature, but rather we are moved and motivated by the spirit of God that dwells in our DNA and changes our behavior. Did that make sense to anybody? Yeah. Now we're not motivated by the flesh. Now we are going to do what the spirit is telling us. Amen. Hebrews 9 and 14 breaks it down. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your what? Conscience from dead works to serving the living God. See, this word purge, I like these words because these terms, sometimes we misunderstand them. We're not reading what he's saying. Purge your conscience is changing your chemicals. He's talking about your brain. He's talking about the chemicals in your brain. Getting rid of the dead works, the stuff you used to do to serve the living God. Look at that scripture. Just look at it. I mean, look at it for what it's saying. He said, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge, change your chemicals, get rid of the dead works or the sin nature acts that you used to do so that you can do what? Serve the living God. Does that make sense? Power of the spirit. The spirit of God gives us power when we need it. Doesn't he give us power when we need it? Some of y'all was about to blow it. Amen. But you need some help. Anybody ever just need some help? Every day. Sometimes you got to, man, somebody make you mad, cut you off on the road. You got to ask for the Holy Ghost to grab your hand. You're like, oh. Watch it next time. Hey. Hey, 
Road rage, that's a demon. You need to get that cast out. Folks on the road shouldn't be making you mad. Why are you, on such a, why are you in such a hurry? Won't you leave on time? See, that's the, that's the problem. We back at the time thing with the kids. I'm back with the kids and the time. Why are you always late? If you're on time, you won't be trying to kill people on the road. Shooting the finger and cussing. Yeah, got the fish on the back. Bumper sticker, Jesus, what would Jesus do? And your finger up. He wouldn't do that. Yeah, but if you would, if you would leave on time, leave early, you wouldn't, it wouldn't even be an issue. You'd be the one that they shooting the finger at. Because you ain't in no hurry. Then you got to exercise temperance. So either way, it's going to take a fruit. <laughs> either way, you're going to have to drive with some fruit now. You're going to need some fruit. Sometimes we need a spiritual boost when we need to overcome the limitations of the flesh. When we need to pray for things that we don't know. When we need to pray for healing, cast out devils, etc., when we need to proclaim the gospel, we can depend on the Spirit of God to act on our behalf. Amen? I remember when I was dealing with Kevin Thornton, I walked over there. I sat in the car. I didn't want to go in. I was scared to death. Everything. My flesh didn't know what was about to happen. I looked in that mirror and saw what was going on in there, and it looked like night of the living dead. Like, he, they, it was a zombie in there. So I was like, Lord, what do I do? I don't know. And God said, hey, what, what, what are you worried about? It's my spirit that's going to do this. Will you get out the car, please? All I need is your little hands and your little freckle face. That's all I need. I just need, I just need a voice. Can you go in here and say what I'm, what, what I, I'll tell you what to say. Just go say it with some power. That's all. I'll be the power. You be the voice. That's the same deal God cut with Moses. Moses like, I can't talk to this man. You ain't going to do this no way. Can you just go and let Aaron say it? I think God wanted to use him stuttering. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. Amen. So the limitations of our flesh, the spirit supernaturally can boost us when we just can't make it. And God loves us in the position of just can't make it. That's his favorite thing. He loves when you can't do it. Man, he loves to have you there. And you all just, oh, God, what's going to happen? We don't know. And he's sitting there like, that's just how I planned it. So you will get somewhere and set yourself down and quit thinking that you can do it without me. That's the, look at somebody say, that's the perfect setup. Perfect setup. Like the old folks say, that's the setup for God to do what? Show up. Yeah. That's, yeah. God's going to show up and show up. And that's true. He really does like those situations because it shows himself mighty and shows us weak. 1 Corinthians 2 and 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing what? Spiritual things. Spiritual. So, as the Holy Ghost teaches, these are the things that we do. So, when we are limited by our flesh and we can't do it, who do we have to depend on? The Holy Ghost. The power of God does the work through us and we simply yield ourselves to him just like the disciples did. You know, I'm going to tell you, the church messed us up because, a lot of us, because they made us wait. They, they wanted us to receive a supernatural something that they all could see, prove, and write down. They wanted it to happen in a specific way, at a specific time, 
when they said. So they wanted it to happen just like the disciples and all of that. So they, they brought you up here. They wanted to make sure it happened. They wanted to see it happen so they could document it. And they wanted it to happen right then, okay? Well, when you start doing that to God, you know what God will start doing? Not coming. He's like, how are you going to try to? So most of you were just on, on the job and somebody needed Somebody was in some trouble and they needed somebody to witness to them. And the Holy Ghost filled you right that moment and you just start saying stuff you didn't even know you knew. Has that happened to anybody? Things start just coming out of you and that person's looking at you like, you look different. Anybody ever tell you that? Man, you, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it, dude. That's, that's, you're filled with the Holy Ghost and they can see it. It didn't happen in here. See what I'm saying? Oh, y'all ain't ready for that, see. Y'all, now y'all think I'm gone new age. No! You ain't gonna box God up and try to patent a formula on how it's gonna work. No, he's gonna give it to you when you need it. I mean, isn't that what it's for? Because you need it. When the disciples saw the people say, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? They said, hey, we never even heard of it. It's like, well, then let me give it to you because you need it. Why? Because you got to go you there for. We got to teach all these people that don't know. You got to speak in tongues because they can't understand the language you're speaking. So you got to speak in their language to teach the gospel. That makes too much sense. It makes folks mad because it just makes too much sense. If we want to know how the spirit of God works, all we have to do is watch what Jesus did while he was here on earth. You want to know how the spirit, the Holy Spirit works? Read the red writing. Read the, look at somebody say, read the red writing. Read the red writing in the Bible. That's how you know what the spirit is here for. Because God, Jesus is going to show you. He was the example of the comforter embodied in the flesh so that we could see how to operate spiritually against the attacks of the enemy. I'm going to prove it to you. Acts 10 and 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. There you go. What did he do? He went about doing what? Good. And he was healing all those that were oppressed. That's demons, that's sickness, that's everything. This lesson is too simple. They want to see the Holy Ghost instead of operate through it. They don't want to operate through it because the way he operates, you can't get glory. You you can't get the glory when he operates. When he operates, he's just basically using you, but he ain't going to put you up to where you can get the glory from people. No. He ain't sharing it. Why would he share it with you? Who are you? Look at somebody and say, who are you? You ain't nothing. Why would he be sharing the platform with you? No, when he, the way he operates, he operates through his order. So he blesses that home that ain't nobody paying attention to. He blesses that wife that's working hard to take care of her husband and her children. No, no, you don't get brownie points with society these days for that. Ain't nobody paying attention to that. But that's what God is doing because that's what he made. If his Holy Ghost is him, then he made that if it's of him. So if it's of him, then he blesses the order. He ain't waiting for you to put up a tent and run a revival. Man, please. What about your house? Run a revival with your bad kids. Your failed marriage. Can we get a revival on that? Your unsaved husband. Can we get him revived? (laughs) That don't want to go nowhere with you. I mean, can we, amen, can you pull away from Jesus a little and and be with your man? The comforter. (laughs) Jesus said he would send who? Said he would send the comforter to lead and guide us just as he led the disciples. 
He said it right here in John 15 and 26. But when the comforter has come, who I will send unto you from the father, I love it. Whenever he talks about the comforter, he wants you to know who the comforter is. He never mentions the comforter without an explanation of who the comforter is. Never does. So right here, he's going to explain it. And then he has a little comma. I will send unto you from the father, come even the spirit of truth. So he's letting you know the comforter is the what? Spirit of truth. Which proceedeth from the father, he shall be me. He's going to testify me. In other words, he's going to lead you and guide you just like I'm leading and guiding you. He's going to do what I'm doing. So you will have left nothing. As a matter of fact, you're going to be able to do more than me because there's more of you. When they had doubt, the disciples fear or even fell back into their fleshly desires. Jesus was there, always there to straighten them out and point them in the direction they should go. So while he's training them and teaching them, yeah, they had relapses. When they was on the boat, they were scared. Jesus, we're going to drown. He had to help them. When Peter was walking on the water, Peter started sinking. Jesus had to help them. When, and then whenever Jesus would do something powerful, they all started coveting him and wanting to be closest to him. So then they started arguing about who's the closest. And then once you start arguing about who's the closest, the next argument is who's the greatest. So now they're arguing about which one of us is the greatest. Well, I'm better than you. Well, I really think I'm going to carry on Jesus's ministry after he's gone. And uh, I'll, now I'll, I'll get you guys to help, but I really think I'm the one that he keeps looking at. So Jesus walks over there and is like, why y'all all what? The last shall be first and the first shall be last. So he has to straighten them out. That's what the Holy Ghost, see, the Holy Ghost just took his place. The Holy Ghost came, the comforter came to do all those things he did with them. So as he was training them, you'll be trained. So when you get out of line, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will lead in God. It'll tell you. Back it down, son. You're showing a little self right now. A little narcissism on Facebook. A little too many pictures of yourself. Amen. Put your shirt back on before you take a picture, brother. Amen. Your muscles wasn't for everybody. John 14 and 26. But the comforter. And then a comma. Because I mean, you don't tell you who the comforter is. Again, which is the what? Is that open and shut? The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. Bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So whatever Jesus is saying, the Holy Ghost is going to bring to your remembrance at the time when you need to remember it. And he proved that because when Peter was standing up before the council, the Bible said Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak. What was he speaking? He was speaking the things that he remembered. What did he remember? The things that Christ had told him. Okay? So, if you haven't read the word and the red writing, then you don't have nothing for the Holy Ghost to remind you of. This is what the true power of God is here for. To operate on our behalf and keep us on what? The right path. We are still flesh beings, but if we submit to his power, we can overcome all the wiles of the devil and have victory in the flesh. Amen? Amen. Acts 7 and 51. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in the heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. The reason I put this on here is because these are the ones he was talking to, the Pharisees, the scribes, those that did not buy into the Holy Ghost uh, uh, at the time or buy into who Christ really was. He was speaking to them. Paul was speaking to them and telling them, hey, you, you stiff neck and uncircumcised in the hearts and in the ears. You cannot understand what we're talking about because you resist the Holy Ghost. In other words, you would rather operate in the flesh than allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. That's where we are today, y'all. So many Christians and so many people, they're on their own path and they want to just attach God to it. They ain't following God. 
The Holy Spirit comes into us when we are obedient to him. I can just stop right there because don't nobody want to deal with this scripture. Why would you bring everybody up and try to give them the Holy Ghost and you don't know if they're being obedient? Are they planning to be obedient? God knows. So if they're holding on to something, that's why it don't work. That's why you got to send them back. Well, come back next week. Come back next week. (laughs) Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Boy, you went to a church and man, you didn't get it. Man, life like, I mean, life like you knew it was over. The Holy Ghost hates me. Because I went up there and I didn't get it like everybody else. Start feeling bad, then you get low spiritual esteem. Demon manifests, you jump in your car and drive off. Because I don't have it. So I can't do nothing about it. Communion plate come around, you'd be like. I don't feel like surely dying, so I better pass this week. Take it on, brother. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You know, because you got spiritual low esteem. You don't know what to do. Same how it works, man. All you got to do is be obedient. Do you really want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Have a reason. What you want to be filled for? Well, I, 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 I need confidence preaching the gospel. That's the reason. You'll get it. Just start preaching and watch what happens. You're going to walk around with it like a keychain so you can show folks you, you got it. See, this date was the date. What happened that date? I got filled. Are you still full? That was 15 years ago. And have you done anything with it? What? Right. Amen. Amen. See, I'm telling you what I know because that's how I know it works that way. When I get ready to preach, truth behind it, but whatever, and I pray, I feel, I, I just feel the confidence of God that comes over me to do it. And I know that's the power of the Holy Ghost. Then he supernaturally starts saying things through me that I hadn't planned to say. I know it. When I lay hands and pray for people, I know the power of God is operating through me at that moment. But when I'm riding bikes with Brother Eddie and Brother Julian, I don't need the Holy Ghost then. I don't need the power of God to make me rise up on the bike like E.T., that scene from E.T., and we all floating in front of the moon. I don't need it then. I'm on a bicycle. I'm full all the time. Watch me. Watch Nobody hit me. I won't fall. You better hold on, brother. That's a bicycle. You know what I'm saying? But you got people like that. Before we start riding, let's all speak in tongues and pray. It's a bicycle. A bicycle don't understand your tongues. Go and don't have an accident and fall. See, you wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. How about I was filled with too too much carbs and I got dizzy and crashed? You know what I'm saying? It, It can't be natural. It's always spiritual. No, no, no. The Holy Ghost is there to do what the Holy Ghost does. I'm sure when the disciples were sitting down, drawing lots of whatever games they had, sticks and, and throwing rocks and see whose rock could knock whose rock out of the corner, I'm sure Jesus wasn't sitting over there. <laughs> okay, let me wrap this up. It's gone too far. No, because that didn't have nothing to do with what the Holy Ghost is there for. But then when they're acting up, when they need the word, when they're going to cast, that's when Jesus was doing his teaching and his leading in God. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And if the Holy Ghost is going to empower us, amen. But there's times when it's just, a, it's just flesh. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost when you need to be filled. 
Holy Ghost will come in you and empower you. Spirit of God is always there, but there's sometimes he will give you a supernatural boost so you can do what you need to do. Does that make sense? Amen. But he comes in us when we're obedient to him and we become true disciples of Jesus once he enters. So if you're not going to do what he says, then what do you need to come into you for? He wants to supernaturally charge you up so that you can talk to so-and-so, but you ain't going to talk to him. So why would he do it? Acts 5 and 32. And we are his witnesses of these things. So is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that what? That what? That what? Why would he give it to you if you're not going to use it for the reason he gave it to you? Why would he operate through you just so you can show people he can operate through you? Does that even sound like God? Amen. Yeah, sitting talking to somebody. How you doing? You know, and they just ooh, rasa karata. But what you what you just say? I don't know, child. But there was the Holy Ghost just came in me. Uh, we're eating in a public place, so unless you placing your order, I know we in the Mediterranean restaurant. So maybe that you was talking to Afga over there. What was it for? Why? Can I keep preaching in this place? When we are filled with his spirit, we lose our will and are chemically altered to make decisions and live our lives based on what? His guidance, not our carnal issues and desires. Summary! Having a renewed mind simply means that our chemical responses are in line with what the spirit of God is leading us to do. We know we are his because his spirit is leading us and we are not leading ourselves. If you're leading yourself, how do you know you're his? This is the fundamental foundation of being born again. Unless we possess God's spirit and are acting on it to fulfill his plan for us, then we do not belong to him. If our minds have been renewed, then our actions must be renewed. And though we are not perfect, we strive for it. Though we may fall, we do not practice sin. Though we may make mistakes, we learn and grow from them. And though we may be in the world, we are not of it. Our actions and thoughts are no longer based on society, the world, or the flesh, but we live, move, and have our being based on the plan of God and the leading of his spirit that dwells within. If our minds haven't changed, then our chemicals haven't changed. If our chemicals or DNA hasn't changed, then we haven't been changed. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. By as many that are what? People, we hear these scriptures all the time, but we we don't even hear what it's telling us. I know that you don't. You're not a son of God if you're not being led by him. If you're doing your own thing, you're not his son. For many, as many as are led, look at somebody say led. led. Led by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bared witness with our spirit that we are the children of what? Without his spirit, his spirit's leading, you are not his. Case closed. Ain't that plain and simple? Everyone bow your heads. Many of us went through that whole period of just feeling like you're, you know, you don't have the power of God or you don't have the Holy Ghost. And that's only because many of us were misusing its purpose. Its purpose. And I would, I would go up to the altar. I would be one of them. I would go up there and go off disappointed. 
I'd go up there again, go off disappointed. And the reason why is because I'm a very strong-willed person. So, you know, if it was going to take Kundalini or something like that to happen, it wasn't going to happen to me because I just wasn't going to do it. So I would go back disappointed. And I remember when God was calling me to do EX Ministries and he called me. I had a supernatural encounter with him. I, his power came all over me. I, I felt him and nobody was in the room. Nobody was there. But I knew what he was doing. He was preparing me to be a preacher. He was calling me to the ministry. That's what he was doing. And so... You know, now, whenever I get ready to preach, I feel his power up on me. I just know he's there. I know it. It gives me the confidence and the boldness to preach. People think I'm just bold. Man, you'll just say anything. No, I'll just say what the Spirit is telling me to say. Because I'm filled with his power. I'm filled with his Spirit. If I was full of the flesh, I'd say what my flesh wanted to say. But I'm not. So I'm going to preach the gospel. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they say. I don't care how they threaten me. There's nothing you can do to stop me from preaching the gospel. Because the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel. And the spirit of the Lord is upon me also to take care of my family. It's like clockwork. My kids need something, it's done. My wife needs something, it's done. I don't sit and think, man, I, I sure wish she had her own money. What is that? The supernatural power of God makes me take care of my family. That's being filled. See, we can't go there in this society. There's nobody ready for that. But yeah, it's all, that's what God made us for. He made that first before there was ever ministry, before sin had ever even entered into the world. He gave us responsibility. And so that's what it is. So many of you have been operating in the spirit of the Lord all along. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.